The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone is one of the most important candidates running in this midterm election. Adam Frisch is running against Congresswoman Lauren Boebert in Colorado's 3rd District. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Love your show. Thank you. So um, you are, as I said, running against the Lauren Boebert, who we know her by first and last name, and we know exactly who she is because she is one of the more high-profile members of the House of Representatives, new member of the House of Representatives in the 2020 elections. I mean, how does someone like Lauren Boebert get elected in the first place? I mean, you, you live in the district. You know your district. How did that happen? Well, she kind of came out of nowhere um, against a uh, five-term Republican that I would call, I think most of us would call, quote-unquote, a normal Republican. Um, and I think about 40% of that Republican Party is missing uh, people like Scott Tipton and others that are trying to focus on issues uh, and looking after the constituents, maybe in a different, with a different lens than you and I and a lot of other people out there, but he was a good man and trying to do the right thing. And kind of came out of nowhere uh, in the primary in 2020. And I think, you know, there is a lot of, I would say, justified frustration, obviously, over the past many years with income inequality and just feeling like there's not a lot of representation happening at the D.C. level. Uh, I think just a lot of people across the political spectrum, all sorts of ages and races and gender, just feel like there's an out-of-touchness happening in D.C., uh, and that Lauren Boebert woman was able to just kind of tap into that uh, that anger uh, and really get on it. And, I, you know, I, I, I think that Lauren Boebert and her mentor, Marjorie Taylor Greene, represent what I call the, they're the leaders of the angertainment industry. Yeah. Right. And I came from my buddy, uh, Dean Phillips, who serves in Congress up in Minnesota, where I grew up for a little bit. And, you know, that yelling and screaming, that per, that picture and that image of the two of them yelling and screaming disrespectfully against any president at a State of the Union address that we saw a couple of years ago kind of sums up a lot of that frustration that people had. And um, she was able to kind of come out of nowhere uh, and defeat this five-term incumbent. Do you feel like because she ran channeling, you know, some frustration that, as you said, people legitimately feel, but also in a very extreme way. I mean, do you think that that was effective because people were feeling, you know, stressed out in 2020? Obviously we, we, it was before the pandemic when she was actually, uh, or it was during the pandemic when she's actually elected. So I, I, you know, people are, it was a tense time if you recall. Um, so I imagine, you know, there, there are once in a lifetime circumstances that also 
are at play here. But how are, how are you planning to change the dynamic? Because I feel like many of the same anxieties people had in the 2020 election are still present today. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it was during the pandemic um, and she captured a lot of people's frustration in Western and Southern Colorado. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's this. You, at the end of the day, a representative has to represent the district, not themselves. And our situation here, she has a lot of personal issues going on. She's in the news for all sorts of foibles. I'm very, very focused uh, on the high level that she's not delivering for her district on her votes. And that's what we're hammering her on, and that's what's working. Um, she continues to vote against the district's needs and interests. She's turned down hundreds of millions of dollars uh, over the couple of years and and bills about infrastructure and water storage and mental and physical health benefits. And 80% of the time she's voted against veterans and veterans are a huge percentage of our population uh, in Western and Southern Colorado. You know, our district is half the state of Colorado. It's larger than the entire state of Pennsylvania. Um, and people are finally re- realizing that she's not delivering for them. She's not delivering for their families. She's not delivering for their businesses. She's zero for 39 in legislation that she's proposed. Uh, we say that she's shooting blanks out there in Western and Southern Colorado. And people are realizing that if you want to yell and scream and do that anger tainment stuff, you better deliver uh, for your people. And she's not delivering even for the people that voted for her. And we're tapping into that. And that's why we're basically statistically tied um, from our latest poll that was done. We started down about seven points. We're down now two within a margin error of about four. Uh, and that's why we're generating so much national attention. Uh, we've raised a couple hundred thousand dollars in the first couple of days of $10 and $25 and $50 and $100 across the across the country, but obviously mostly in Colorado. So people are realizing in a bipartisan manner, um, we're building, a, I call it the pro-normal party coalition that we build. I mean, you mentioned that she's firing blanks, which I, I find ironic given her uh, love and fascination and promotion of guns um, often and as, as as frequently as she can mention and be photographed with with said guns. Um, so so I appreciate that. Um, but I also am, am curious, you, you said something that struck me. Your district is bigger than Pennsylvania. Is that did I hear that correctly? Yep, it is. We have 54,000 square miles um, and it, it's half the state geographically of Colorado. Um, and something else that I try to make very clear in the primary is our district is made up. The district is about 25 percent Democratic, 31 mm. percent Republican and 43 percent unaffiliated, which is our word in Colorado for basically independent. So, again, it's 25 D, 31 R, 43 unaffiliated. So, you know, even if the Democrats rack up 110 percent um, participation, there's just not enough D's in this district to get this job done. And I made it very clear during the primary that I'm going to be building this um, coalition and we need one. Um, and that's what's resonating with a lot of people. Mm. And when I looked at this race about a year ago, um, sadly, um, you look across the country, you look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mo Brooks, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, all those extremist brand name Republicans, they all had 65 to 75% wins in their general election in 2020. I wish there were more opportunities to defeat extremists in the House of Representatives. Uh, and I'm, I'm cheering on all the other Democratic uh, candidates that are running against these people. But Lauren Boebert only received 51 percent of the vote in 2020. She did not win her home county. Those that know her do not care for her. 
and a lot more people know her now than did before and not for good reason. Uh, and so I felt that a, a, a coalition could happen if a moderate Democrat could get by the primary, which I did. We're all united as Democrats. And we're, we're, we launched the Republicans for Frisch website. We're about to announce some other public support from some current and former Republican officials. Again, there's a coalition, regardless of party affiliation, that want to see a change for this district. One of the things I know about Colorado, because um, I spent just a little bit of time there in the 2016 cycle um, when I worked for Hillary Clinton, um, is that it is one of the states that uh, is changing demographically. So a, a growing yep. and very impactful um, Latino population, indigenous people. I mean, there it's one of the states where if you assume what you, you think you know a Colorado voter looks like, you're wrong. Um, they look like everything. Talk about the coalition you're trying to build and what it actually looks like and how you're working to speak directly to those, you know, different communities about the issues. I mean, obviously, the issues overlap. Everybody cares about, you know, jobs and the economy. Um, but talk about how you're trying to in- be more in- be intentional about building the coalition. Yeah, no, thank you. You know, the math is we need about 10 percent of our prior voters. Uh, and 36% of them voted against her uh, in her own primary, right? And you, when you look at that vote and you look at the, the amount of people in Congress that did not win their own district, you're left with just like three or four people. And so she is the rare one that's loud and electorally weak. And this is the, the math that I've been trying to tell everyone that we're going to build our coalition. Um, the district is uh, there's a good chunk of Latino population out here for sure. Uh, Pueblo is our largest uh, city of 150,000 people. Uh, it's about 45 to 50 percent Latino. So I'm spending a lot of time in Pueblo. Um, you know, that is a Democratic uh, stronghold down in Pueblo that has started to lean a little bit more right. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, the Democratic Party has lost a, a good chunk of rural America and the working class that you know well. Um, you know, President Biden um, only won 10 percent of the rural counties. There's about 2000 rural counties in the country. Uh, and President Clinton, 1996, won half of them and Obama won 25 percent of them. And so I'm spending a lot of time, not so much that those that have voted Republican of late, um, th- they want to see competency and they want to see someone to focus on their family uh, and listen to them. And I think the policies have been very, very good. But the Democratic Party at the national level sometimes has lost the ability to have conversations uh, with a lot of people in rural America. So I'm trying to be very intentional uh, and respectful. I don't care how people voted in 2016, 2018, and 2020. Uh, it's 2022. There's two different people, and there's a ballot up there. People know she has a very high name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not many people that are undecided about people like her and Donald Trump. Uh, and I know that they're frustrated. We're trying to win some people over. So we're focused on economic ability and economic movement and trying to tackle some of these inflationary um, movements that are really hurting a lot of people. And I have a pretty strong business background in international finance as well as, as a local business person. Uh, and she's about zero for five um, in starting businesses. That big shooter's restaurant got shut down um, a, a couple months ago. It's just another failure um, in her, and she's been failing uh, the district as well. And so water is really really important in western and southern colorado and um that's about as um bipartisan a conversation as we have and the conversation i'm having you know to chamber of commerces and other moderate republicans is who do you want sitting in the halls of congress representing you your family your business and your community 
and I'm here to be respectful of how you make your money. If you work in the oil and gas industry, if you work in the, in, in the extraction industry, that is fine. I'm a big believer in the climate crisis. We're making that transition very well. We produce great clean coal and clean natural gas in Western Colorado. We also mm-hmm. do a great job with solar and wind. We need to make that transition, but we also need to respect the men and women and the families are in that industry. And that's something that has not been done very well by the Democratic Party in Colorado over the last 20 years. In terms of, you know, the the most, what what is the thing that you think is most dangerous about reelecting Lauren Boebert? I mean, I think, as you said, she has the highest, one of, one of the highest name recognition of any, especially new member of Congress. And it's for a very specific reason. And I, you know, in this election cycle, more than half of the Republicans running are election deniers. She's in that group of, of election deniers. Is, is that the most dangerous thing? Or are there other aspects that you want vote, the voters, any of them who are listening in Colorado right now, to know about that might not be top of mind right now? Well, from from a, if you want to use the word dangerous, yes. I think danger is directly related to uh, the election deniers out there. And she's at the leader uh, of that pack. Uh, she's one of the biggest election deniers. Her, this is 1776 quote during uh, the storming of the Capitol, which was just an atrocious um, situation, just highlights that. So from a, if you want to talk about danger at the highest level, it is going back to her election deniability that she is offering to everybody. And again, I just don't, you know, we just don't have that many people that believe that I need 10% of her prior voters. Uh, and again, more than three times I've voted against her. You know, there's also some dangers of freedom that she's taking away from people. She is, you know, about eight or 10% of the country is in this um, reproductive right freedom where they don't believe even in the exceptions of rape, incest, uh, and the life and health of a mother. Uh, and she is in that no exceptions under any circumstances. Uh, and Colorado has always been a pretty strong uh, pro-choice state. It goes back to uh, the freedom of not wanting the government involved in people's decisions in their bedrooms, who they love, who they want to spend time with, and how they want to seek their uh, reproductive right health care. And we're spending a lot of time talking about that as well. And so she's a danger to take away that freedom as well. My father... Um, was an OBGYN for 50 years. I actually grew up on an Indian reservation uh, in northeastern Montana when he was in the public health service. He went on to become an OBGYN for 50 years, and he had to manage bomb threats uh, in Minneapolis in the mid-70s and early 80s when that was going on. And so uh, this reproductive right freedom um, cause is really, really important to me at a personal level. And she's just out of touch with her voters, and people are starting to realize that, and that's why we're statistically tied uh, in the race. And that's why this is becoming a national focus. And we're going to make this the emotional win for the entire country, not just the Democratic Party. So we have two more minutes here. So my last question is, how can people get involved? If they're in Colorado, or even if they're not, and they're listening right now, and they're like, Lauren Boebert? Yeah, no, we don't want another term of Lauren Boebert. If they're that person, how can they help? You know, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I wish we didn't. I wish money wasn't uh, as important as it is in this race, and we're doing well. But we continue to need money, um, even at the five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, and up. Um, and and that is AdamForColorado.com. Um, that is the the website to go on to be able to donate for us. Uh, for those that would like to help um, outside of money, uh, we are running. Um, we're making about four or 5,000 phone calls literally a day, every day from 4 to 6 p.m. 
Colorado time. Um, you can go on that website and sign up on our volunteer. My son, uh, Felix, is 16 years old, and he's taking a, uh, a sabbatical from his high school to work in this campaign, and he's doing a phenomenal job running our, our, our national coordination of a volunteer corps. Um, and if you can send an email to Felix, F-E-L-I-X, at adamforcolorado.com, uh, we can get you hooked up with proper software that people can make phone calls from literally all over the country. Uh, and he's rounded up about 125 college interns in addition to some other people uh, in the state. Uh, anyone who is in, the, in Colorado or specifically our district, Western Southern Colorado, we're always looking for people to help us canvas and door knock and boots on the ground. You know as well as anyone how mm -hmm. important that get out the vote um, is important. We're going to need every vote. We're not going to win by a lot. We can win by we're, We are going to win by a little bit at the end. But it's going to take every vote um, and every dollar uh, and every phone call. And I can't, I can't emphasize enough how important it is uh, to volunteer, um, to knock yes. on doors, to, to make those phone calls. Um, and so if that's you at home and, and, and you like what you heard this morning and you are watching Lauren Boebert and you are upset, um, then Adam Frisch is the candidate um, that is running against her in Colorado for that third district um, in the in the race for Congress. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, it was great to talk to you. It's a really important race, and I'm glad that we were able to have you on. Please stay safe. Yeah, thank you for the connection, you as well, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlinette. Check in for new episodes every weekday.